This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time doing, among other things, these videos. Today I'd like to talk about the equitable remedy of why that remedy is optional at the request of the person deceived. The California Court of Appeal in Williamson and Volmer Engineering versus Sequoia Insurance back in 1976 found that even if there are grounds for rescission of a policy, there is no requirement that rescission be elected by the party deceived. In that case, the plaintiff, a small engineering firm that provided electrical and mechanical engineering design services, appealed from an adverse judgment in an action in which it sought a declaration that the defendant insurer was obligated to defend it and indemnify it within the policy limits against a claim asserted by an architectural firm to whom it had furnished services seeking recovery of indemnity for any loss it might incur on the owner's claim for damages for negligence in the design and supervision of work for which the engineering firm was allegedly responsible. The principal issue is whether the answers to two questions contained in the application for the policy of insurance issued by the defendant evidenced a misrepresentation and concealment of material fact in the light of the circumstances known to the applicant at the time. When a claim was presented, the insurer refused to defend. The questions and the answers thereto, which were inserted in the original application forwarded to the company, read as follows, quote, Is the applicant aware of any circumstances which may result in any claim against him, his predecessors in business, or any of the present or past partners or offices? He answered no. A claim has been defined in ordinary English as a demand for something due or believed to be due. The engineering firm would distinguish between the lodging of a grievance and a formal demand for compensation. The trial court further observed in its decision Williamson and Volmer's failure to disclose this information constituted a misrepresentation and concealment of material facts, whether the non-disclosure was intentional or unintentional, since there is substantial evidence to, to sustain such a conclusion. The materiality of the misrepresentation or concealment is evident from the terms of the policy and the fact the question was asked. There is also other evidence which establishes the materiality of the information concealed and misrepresented by the plaintiff. An underwriter, in fact, testified that if the true circumstances had been disclosed, the policy would only have issued with an endorsement excluding liability for any services under the contract in question. 
an experienced mechanical engineer testified that in his opinion, the type of letter in question indicated problems out of which some sort of claim might arise, even if he thought it invalid, and that he would have brought the situation to the attention of his insurance broker and answered question 19A in the affirmative. Now, California Insurance Code Section 449 provides, quote, a breach of warranty without fraud merely exonerates an insurer from the time it occurs, or where the warranty is broken in its inception prevents the policy from attaching to the risk, close quote. Plaintiff therefore assumed that if there is no breach of warranty, the policy does not attach to the risk, and rescission is the sole remedy of the insurer where misrepresentation concealment rather than breach of warranty is involved. The appellate court, however, noted that the insurer properly pointed out that regardless of whether there was a breach of warranty, rescission is not is not the sole remedy for concealment and misrepresentation in this case. In fact, the court, in the case, relied upon by plaintiff, expressly noted, quote, this specification in the insurance code of circumstances under which a party to an insurance contract may rescind does not mean that rescission in any such case is the exclusive remedy. It seems clear, therefore, that the rights of rescission, which the insurance code recognizes and limits, are not in derogation of other remedial rights, which are recognized and implemented by other provisions. The issues were framed by the plaintiff's complaint for declaratory relief to establish its right to indemnity and defense for a particular claim. The insurer was then entitled to make its defense. Rescission, although a wonderful and useful remedy, is not the exclusive remedy of one who has become entitled to avoid a contract by reason of acts or omissions of the other party to which it were fraudulent in their nature. An insurer may void the contract by its rescission or may seek affirmative relief in a court of equity for an injury sustained by the wrongful act or omission of the other. Or he may set up the fraud by way of defense to an action brought to enforce the apparent liability. The trial court, in its memorandum decision, found that the insurer had neither a duty to defend nor a duty to indemnify in the the insured. Examination of the insuring clauses reflect that the insurer is not to be liable for a claim made or a suit commenced during the policy period when the negligent act, error, or omission was committed before the inception date of the policy and the insured had knowledge of such prior negligent act, error, or omission on the effective date of the policy. Rescission is not an exclusive remedy of one who has become entitled to avoid the contract by reason of acts omissions of the other party to it, which are fraudulent in their nature. 
For example, in L.A. Sound, USA versus St. Paul, a California Court of Appeal decision from 2007, the same argument was rejected. There, the plaintiffs were contending that the insurer could not rescind the policy because plaintiffs sued first following California Insurance Code Section 650, which bars an insurer only from filing a separate suit for judicial rescission once a policyholder has filed an action to enforce the policy. It does not, however, deprive the insurer of their right under Civil Code Section 1691 to provide the required notice and offer to restore simply by serving a pleading seeking rescission. California law does not undermine the established law that clearly affords the insurer the right to avoid coverage by way of cross-claims and affirmative defenses when the insured rushes to the courthouse and files an action on the contract before the insurer can file its action for rescission. Material facts, intentionally concealed, or false representations made with intent to mislead an insurer is fraud, which, at the insurer's option, avoids the policy, and since rescission is not an exclusive remedy, the insurer may set up concealment in the action on the policy as an affirmative defense. Where a trustee obtains the property of his beneficiary by fraudulent means, a court of equity may direct reconveyance of the property on terms appropriate to the case without any previous effort at rescission by the party defrauded. It does not lie in the mouth of appellants to complain of the want of promptness of plaintiff in discovering the fraud and proceeding to rescind, since it was their concealment in violation of their duty to him and his interests which prevented him from knowing the actual conditions at the time of the transaction. Equity rewards the diligent, but this has no application to the diligent in concealment and deceit. It should be axiomatic that an insured's material misrepresentation or omission of fact in the procurement of insurance can render the insured's coverage voidable at the insurance company's option because there can be no meeting of the minds as to the insured risk. Every court of equity recognizes that generally, fraud in the inducement to enter a contract renders the contract voidable at the option of the defrauded party. For that reason, an insurance policy procured by fraud may be declared void ab initio or from its inception, at the option of the insurer. Where a policy of insurance is procured through the insured's intentional misrepresentation of a material fact in the application for the insurance, and the person seeking to collect no-fault benefits is the same person who procured the policy of insurance through fraud, an insurer may rescind an insurance policy and declare it void, or may 
void the contract based on the contract terms for a intentional misrepresentation of material fact. A voidable insurance contract is not automatically void. Rather, rather, it is subject to rescission or voidance by the insurer before liability accrues under the policy. An insurance company has the option to rely on material untruthful information on an insurance application as a complete defense to an action. Rescission is not required. Although a voidable contract is one that may be rescinded at the option of one of the contracting parties, if the party exercises the option, it is as if the contract never existed and accordingly the contract cannot be breached. An insurer is entitled to rescind a policy and if so, it has two options. One, it could void the policy in its entirety and return the contracting parties to the status quo ex ante. Or two, affirm the policy and seek damages from the insured. For example, in Allianz versus Guidant Corp., a uh, 2008 decision of the Indiana Court of Appeal, long-standing principles of case law, instruct that Indiana's general rule is that a contract must be rescinded in whole, not in part. You can rescind the entire contract, but you can't just keep parts that you like. Therefore, a party must affirm or avoid the contract in whole and cannot treat it as good in part and void in part. This video was adapted from my book, Rescission of Insurance, 2nd Edition, which is available as both a Kindle book or a paperback from Amazon.com. If you found this video to be of interest and usefulness, please forward it to a colleague or colleagues. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel and to my blog so you can be informed of future blog posts and future videos. Thank you for your attention.